Welcome to a Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's Radio Host Extravaganza winner. Each year in the spring, we have a radio host contest. For those who've always wondered about a radio show, it's an opportunity to get their feet wet hosting their own global radio show on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Together, let's welcome these remarkable people whose goal is to make a difference in people's lives. To learn more, go to DreamVision7Radio.com. Welcome, I'm Carrie Rowan, host of Look for the Good on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Monday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Listen online, on your mobile devices, in your car, or ask Alexa to play Dream Vision 7 Radio. To learn more and for a full schedule, go to DreamVision7Radio.com and get our apps. Dream Vision 7 Radio Network is the media partner for Omega Institute. Welcome, everyone. Welcome to episode number two of Look for the Good. And I'm so excited to be your host here today. And I have some really great things coming up for you. Um, So before we get started, I just want to recap really quick. What did we talk about last week? If you tuned in, and if you didn't tune in, the good news is you can watch this or listen to this anytime you want at Dream Vision 7 Radio. Just click on the tab that says Shows and click on Look for the Good, and you can get my show on demand and take a listen to last week's episode. But if you missed it, I'm just going to recap real quick for you. Last week, we talked about our state of mind and our stories and why it's so important to pay attention to how our stories affect our state of mind and how our state of mind affect the stories that we tell not only ourselves, but everyone around us. And then we talked a little bit about how we have a choice, and I gave you some tips and tools to really get out ahead of your mindset. Because a lot of times when we talk about mindset as a mindset coach and when I'm helping clients learn how to manage their mindset so it doesn't manage them, I find that a lot of times we're really chasing mindset as opposed to really setting up something deliberate so that we can get out ahead of mindset before it kicks in. So when we talked about how to do that early in your day and how to use gratitude and morning routines to really implement that into your life on a daily basis. Because it's so important to really start your day with the mindset that you want to. So again, you're not chasing it throughout the day when something goes wrong or something hits the fan because let's face it, that always happens. So when we can get a hold of that first thing in the morning, It'll really help you have a different outlook and change your perspective on your life and change your stories and bring more joy to your life. And that's what I'm all about. And all of my work is based on my book, Tell a New Story, an international bestseller. It's Tell a New Story, Five Simple Steps to Release Your Negative Stories and Bring Joy to Your Life. Because let's face it, that's what we're here for, right? We all want to live with more joy. And I can't wait to talk in the next segment with my extra special guest because she's all about joy as well. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I'm going to keep that a secret for now as she waits in the wings to talk to us in the next segment. So what are we going to talk about today? Well, this week I want to talk about gratitude. We all know what gratitude is. Some people call it appreciation. And we want to talk about learning how to recognize it and find gratitude in simple things. And here is what I love 
working with people. Uh, because my clients say this to me all the time. There's a misconception about gratitude, right? We hear all the time, live with an attitude of gratitude, you know, be grateful, um, you know, have appreciation, show appreciation. People will sign the end of their emails in appreciation, right? So we all know what it is. And if you ask anybody walking down the street if they feel grateful, what do you think they're going to say? Of course they're going to say yes, because we all feel grateful at some point, don't we? It's easy to feel grateful when things go well, isn't it? It's really easy to feel thankful and grateful when the good things happen to us. But here's the rub. It's, it's not so easy to practice gratitude. It's not so easy to be grateful when things aren't going the way we want. You know what I mean? It's like that's when we really need to dig in. So there's a difference between, hey, I'm grateful. I don't need to do anything else about that. And setting up a practice of gratitude, learning to practice it, and really setting up a routine. And why is that important? This is what all my work is based on. And I love teaching people this because it just it really opens up our mind to realize that we're not alone here. We are all wired the same. And here's the problem. The brain is just so beautifully predisposed to look for what's wrong, right? That's why I came up with the show, Look for the Good, because we all do that. It's the way we're wired. It's just doing its job to keep us safe. And once we realize that, it's okay. We don't have to beat up the brain for doing that, right? That's why I say so beautifully predisposition to do that. Why is it beautiful? Because we're all programmed that way. We're all the same way. And it's beautiful because it's kind of cool that we all do that and it's a pre-program. It's like a piece of software in there. But becoming aware of that software and becoming aware of the fact that we have choices is empowering. Doesn't that just make you feel better when I say, hey, you know what? Your brain's wired that way, but you have a choice. You have a choice, my friend. Do you want to keep living with the brain running the show, or do you want to make a choice to step out and say, you know what? I'm going to practice X, Y, and Z, gratitude being one of those, so that I can choose to live a better life. I can choose more of the thoughts that come my way instead of just being a slave to this thing called mindset or these stories that automatically come up based on fear, right? That is just our brain doing its job. And when you can, you know, use that as kind of a mantra for yourself and say, hey, you know what? That's just my brain doing its job. It makes it beautiful. It makes it acceptable. When you're not beating up or, or swearing at the brain for doing what it does best, you can just relax yourself and you can step into that calm of, hey, you know what? Instead of reacting, I actually have a choice here. And I'm going to try to get out ahead of that brain before it jumps in and ruins my day. Because we've all been there, right? And here's the cool thing. The brain, because it's just doing its job, we can outsmart it, right? Once you start to recognize it, like anything else, recognizing it is the first step to changing anything. And that brain can be trained. You can retrain your brain. And a lot of times clients will say, you know, I'm grat- I'm grateful. I, I, I really feel like I'm grateful about a lot of things. But they don't really have a practice, and that's really the difference. But how do you get a practice? What does it mean to actually practice gratitude, to have a practice set in place that's intentional, that you do every single day? What does that really mean? Because once I show clients what that means, and they set up their own practice that works for them, and every day, I don't care if it's two or three minutes, every day if you do that, 
those small little tiny steps that you take incrementally add up to big shifts in your life. And it's not always a big, huge aha moment that gets somebody transformation. It's more of those tiny, tiny, tiny little changes that you make that start to add up over time. Because once you start doing that for a month and two months and three months, you're going to start seeing results right away in the form of you feel better. And don't we all just want to feel better nowadays? So when you start this practice, you're going to love the way it makes you feel. You're going to love how it changes the way you think about your life just like my clients have. So in my book, Tell a New Story that I mentioned to you, Chapter 8 talks all about this. And what I call it is, uh, you know, as a songwriter, I think I mentioned before that I'm a singer-songwriter as well, I like to rhyme things. So Chapter 8 is called Appreciate What's Already Great. It's the same thing as gratitude, but just using the word appreciation. And why is that important? Well, sometimes I use that as a mantra, to appreciate what's already great, right? Because that's how we're going to train our brain. We're going to train our brain instead of looking for what's wrong, which it inherently does, to start to look for what's good. Let's look for what's right, what's working in our life. And you start to think in a new way. As you start to train your brain, and it becomes kind of like a game you, you try to practice, and you start to find things that you can be grateful through for, throughout the day, you might even have a little notebook like I do with my clients, and they write these things down. Hey, you know what? I was really grateful for this, this, and this today. And I love this one quote, and I have it on a, in a big framed picture out on my back porch. And it says, gratitude turns what we have into enough. You know, you find yourself sometimes focusing on what's missing. And this is just the world we live in. It's society around us. Everybody's running around trying to achieve X, Y, and Z, striving, always wanting more. It's exhausting, right? If you can stop yourself long enough to say, hey, wait a minute, what I have is enough, then the irony is once we can appreciate that what we have is enough, the universe feels that vibration of appreciation and actually brings you more as opposed to us screaming and yelling for what it is that's missing in our lives, focusing on what's wrong in our lives, focusing on always trying to fix things. So I like to think of the brain, and I call it in my book, and the thoughts that we think, like an old comfy shoe right? It runs on old habits. And we get stuck in these old habits and these old thoughts. But you can change those. And how do you do that? Well, I'm going to add a little science here that I talk about in my book. You've heard of Hebb's Law that states that neurons that fire together wire together, which just means that the more that you keep doing something or thinking something, the more and easier it is to do the same thing, right? That's how habits get started, good or bad. And so in my book, I talk about how Dr. Joe Dispenza extends that sentence to say that neurons that no longer fire together no longer wire together. And I love that. I think that's so powerful. So what that means is if you no longer reinforce this brain's tendency to look for what's wrong and instead start to look for what's working, then we can stop those little neurons from firing, right? We can actually stop making those connections and start making new connections. That's how you change your brain through gratitude. And I love that. I love that. You know why? Because it's easy. And I like to give my clients things that are really easy. You can stick in your back pocket and use anytime you want. So let me give you five quick things, five quick ways that you can practice gratitude today. So get a pen and paper or, like I said, go back and listen to this again if you want to hear the clip. 
And if you want more information about my work or my book, jump on my website at carryrowan.com. It's C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. And you can find a lot of great information on my website and some great resources for yourself. So let's do really quickly five ways to practice gratitude, stuff that you can do super easy. And then we're going to end this. We're going to end this segment of the show with a quick little meditation that it will help you to bring yourself to gratitude here today. So number one, I'm going to ask questions. Ask your mind better questions because when you ask the brain a question, guess what? It has to give you an answer. And I love these. You can just use these as a place to start. You can ask your brain, what else is possible here? When you're stuck in the middle of a situation that you wish were different or you're feeling that, you know, overwhelm, you might stop yourself and say, what else is possible here? Maybe it's a, a bump in with somebody else or a relationship-related thing. You might even ask yourself a great question of, what else is working in my life right now? So you're going to replace those not good questions because when I'm going to show you a little contrast. A not good question would be, oh, why does this always happen to me, right? We've asked ourselves that question a million times. Or maybe another question you ask yourself that's not so gentle, oh, my God, why am I so stupid? Why do I keep doing that? So let's scrap those questions and come up with some new and empowering questions. Because when we replace those with better, better questions, guess what? We're going to get better answers from our brain. So that's number one, ask better questions. Number two, look for the pearls. What do I mean by that? I talk about this a lot in my book. Look for the pearls. Well, you know how they say life throws you lemons and you're supposed to make lemonade? What do you do when life throws you slimy, disgusting oysters? What do you do? Well, you've got to sift through the muck to look for the pearls because they're hidden deep inside all the gross, slimy oyster. So let me give you an example. You have a lot of stuff that happens in your life, bad stuff that you wish didn't happen. And I use my music as an example for this in the book as well because a lot of my music was sparked out of things that happened that I wish didn't happen, right? They say that some of the best art comes from your pain. And that's the case for a lot of my music, whether it's a happy song, sad song, or somewhere in between. So that's finding the pearls. I wouldn't have those songs if some of that stuff didn't happen to me in my life. Yeah, do I still wish it didn't happen? Of course. Nobody does. But we can look back. When we can look back on the things that happened to us and find a higher meaning, we can find something good. Have you ever heard a cancer survivor say that cancer is the best thing that happened to them? As ludicrous as that might sound if we've never been there, because it allowed them to change their life and take priority for their health and other things that maybe they were not paying attention to. It's sort of like a wake-up like wake call. So look for the pearls. Number three, start a gratitude journal. I know you heard about this. We've all heard about it. This You might have even started it, but do you do it every night? I love talking about this because actually Oprah says that the thing that gave her the biggest shift in her life was practicing gratitude and writing down every night before you go to sleep five things that you're grateful for. Because it does a few things, right? It has you relax and sit down and reflect back on your day and look at the good things that actually happened, right? Sometimes some days are going to be harder than others. I'm going to admit that. But you can always find something. Go really simple if you have to. Did the sun come up that day? Did you love the feel of the cool breeze on your skin? Did you get to walk outside and see a hummingbird on your beautiful pink flower? Whatever it is, you can always find something. I guarantee it. You can always find something to feel good about. So focus on a part of your life that is working and find those things and write about them every night. Put that little pad of paper next to your bed 
And just before you drift off to sleep, think about the things that worked well for you that day. Think about the gratitude that you have for those. And drift off thinking those kind of thoughts instead of grumbling about the negative things that happened for us that day. Number two. I'm sorry, that was number two. That was number three, gratitude journal. Number four, wake up and smell the gratitude. What does that mean? Wake up and smell the gratitude. It means I want you to start first thing in the morning. I want you to start the second you open your eyes. I want you to try this for five days to seven days and see how you start to feel. When you realize that you're awake, I immediately want you to think of two things that you're grateful for, two things that you appreciate. It could be the cool air coming down from your air conditioner. It could be the person lying next to you. It could be the yummy sheets that you're laying in. It could be your new pillow that you just got. I used my pillow for a long time. I got this new pillow from my chiropractor, and I was in love with this pillow. So use whatever it is that you can wake up and put yourself in that mindset before you even get your feet on the floor. And I promise it will make a difference in your day. And lastly, in our list of five things, is to meditate. Why? Why is that important? Why should we meditate? Because it creates this calm inside of us. And it clears away all the clutter. Sitting in that silence, I don't care if it's five minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever you have, it will work for you if you can find that quiet space. It just clears away the clutter. And the science, the, the science behind it is there for sure, and you can look that up. But the silence also allows your higher or your true self to come forward. Your intuition can speak to you clearly. So try those five things. I want to hear from you. Come on over to my website and hit the contact page if you want to talk about it and let me know of any experiences that you had. You can also find my Facebook page and my Instagram page on my website as well at carryrowan.com, C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O-W-A-N.com. And I'm going to end this segment before we bring my super awesome guest up next to talk to you. Let's end with a quick little meditation. It's called Tickled Pink. So sit comfortably in your favorite meditation spot or just right where you are. And if you're driving, pull over for a couple minutes and do this with me. Just take a deep breath and feel your body starting to relax. And scan your body real quickly inside to see if you feel any tension or resistance. And if you do, simply place your awareness on that spot for a few seconds and feel it release. And continue to scan your body for tension while breathing deeply. And take a few deep breaths, so deep as if it's coming in from the bottom of your feet and out through your mouth. And just really start to feel your relax. Feel the muscles around your jawbone and your forehead, all those that we hold. Just feel that all start to relax now. And as you breathe in and breathe out quietly, I want you to just think about one thing in your life that's working well. Just one thing. Something that you're pleased with how it's turning out. One aspect of your life that you're satisfied with. We're always wanting more, but right now you're pretty pleased or you may be tickled pink with how it's turning out and you know it's going in the direction you want it to. How does that make you feel? Pick one emotion or word that comes up for you when you think about this. Maybe it feels like joy, freedom, satisfaction, eagerness. Hopefulness. Pick a word that comes to mind to describe how it makes you feel and silently repeat that word in your mind. Notice how your body feels when you repeat that word again and again. 
and sit for a couple of seconds in silence, really feeling that word deeply and enjoying the sensation it brings to you. And now I want you to think of one thing in your life that needs a little improvement, something that's not working the way you wish it was, something you know deep down could be better. And then imagine, imagine that you're looking over a field of possibilities. And this field can be grass or it can be sky, where each possibility comes out as a cloud and you're standing at the top of this field of all possibilities and you ask, what else is possible here? And just let whatever comes to you, come to you, whatever answer floats your way. And ask again and feel the response you get. Imagine at least three different possible floating, three possibilities floating out as clouds. And you float over to each one and see if you like the way it feels. Try it on and see if it's possible to evoke the same emotion you had earlier when you thought about what was working in your life. Can you find a way to feel that same emotion from one of these possible outcomes? These endless solutions that are available to you right now. Everything is possible when you're floating out in the field of all possibilities. The possibilities are as endless as the sky. And sit for a moment imagining everything working out for you. Imagine a resolution, a solution that you were unable to see before. And expand your awareness to include all possible choices. Even the best case scenario is a viable and real option for you. And each time you breathe in, you feel more clarity and freedom. Freedom because you have the power to choose a new ending to this story for yourself. Spend a couple minutes basking in possibilities and notice how each one feels. If you need to make a big decision today, think about the field of unlimited possibilities as a real possibility for you now. Namaste. Did you know that dreams offer their own healing potential? Dive deep into the mystery of sleep and dreaming with four experts in sleep medicine, lucid dreaming, Tibetan dream yoga, dream theater, and more. Mention discount code DREAM for 20% off when you register for Surfing the Dreamscape and the Mystery of Sleep at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, August 19th to the 21st. Learn more at eomega.org. Delight your kids with an enchanting journey by reading the Paper Doll Kids Children's Book by Deborah Beauvais and Janine Sullivan. There's even a catchy tune, Kids for Love Song, produced by Bob Sherwood and sung by kids just like yours. The story weaves around seven paper dolls flying around the world doing good deeds as they bring important attention to our endangered animal friends. There's even a magical ring with a universal message. Kids become interested in service projects, action through compassion, and planting seeds that nurture positive change. The Paper Doll Kids and Kids for Love Song are a production of the Kids for Love Project. Get the book now on Amazon Kindle and the song on CD Baby or iTunes. Are miracles real? Can you move from mayhem to miracles? 30 prominent authors say yes as they share their high fives and down lows of challenges, abuse, addiction, and love. Experience hope, the magic elixir of miracles, through the personal stories of New York Times best-selling authors James Redfield, Dr. Bernie Siegel, Sister Jenna, Reverend Temple Hayes, and many more. 
If you like bestsellers, chaos to clarity, and crappy to happy, you'll love crying and laughing through Mayhem to Miracles, sacred stories of transformational hope, available now on Amazon and in bookstores worldwide. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow. Hello, and welcome back to Look for the Good. I'm your host, Carrie Rowan, and as I promised, I am super excited to introduce our guest today. I am excited to have here in the studio Lisa Tenner. And Lisa is considered, she's fondly known as the creativity catalyst. She's a revered book coach, publishing expert, speaker, and an award-winning author. And we're going to talk a little bit about her book, The Joy of Writing Journal, Spark Your Creativity in Eight Minutes. And we're going to talk about how intentionally activating your creativity through writing can bring you more joy to your daily life, just like we were talking about bringing more joy, being really the essence of life. So, Lisa, hello, and welcome to Look for the Good. Hi, Carrie. It's so great to be here with you. And I just loved your meditation, Tickled Pink. My word was nourished. (laughs) Oh, I love that. That's a wonderful word. That just makes me feel better right away when I think about that as a little word mantra. Yes, yes, it really, it's so juicy. And and I loved how you, you had us go deeper because the more I... Uh, experienced that word, and you know, the more I felt it in so many ways in my life. So thank you for that. You're so welcome. I, I love that because it can apply to so many things. Of course, it can apply to food and eating makes me think about eating better, but also nourishing ourselves in so many different ways with self-care. Um, mm-hmm. And I love the concept of your book and, you know, how creativity not only sparks joy, but also Self-care, I think self-care really falls under that title as well. But, but talk to us a little bit about, in your opinion, why does and how does creativity spark joy in us? Well, I think, you know, we're creative beings, and our, our thoughts themselves are creative. And if you, if you just think about the things you do, you create your day every single day. You create that morning, whether you're meditating or not, whether you're uh, enjoying that shower and feeling grateful for it or just kind of rushing through it, you create it and you have a choice of how you create it. But we, we are creative beings. And I, mm-hmm. my experience is the more we give in to that creativity, the more joy we create. And even people who don't think of themselves as creative, it may be creative in the kitchen or the garden or, uh, you know, in numbers, uh, it, you know, it can, mm-hmm. creativity is is broader than often the way we think of it. You don't have to be a rap star to be creative. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because creativity, like you just said, a lot of people will say, oh, I'm not creative. But we are creative because we're born from the creative energy of the universe. So we all have that deep down inside of us. And I think the more creative, even if we just pick something to just try it out and practice our creativity or we think about something that we used to do as a child, I always do that exercise with clients, you know, because there's always something like I used to do music as a child and then I got away from it and then I came back to it because it was that creative spark in me that it lights, right? It's that we walk around feeling sort of dull and tired and fatigued and no purpose 
And creativity really is our purpose. It is as simple as that, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, and I find, you know, I heard Katie and Gay Hendricks talking about the ways to, they do, do you know who they are? They, they're like relationship yeah. coaches and they do a lot of really great work. And one of the ways they help people improve their relationship is by using creativity. Um, you kind of sort of go away and do your own thing because that's good self-care. And when you come back, you're in that higher place. You just can't help it because you've been creating. I don't know, maybe you're painting or writing or mm-hmm. you're just, you're in your garden. And it just helps all aspects of your life by being creative. I love that. It does. And, you know, journaling is a great way to be creative because you don't have to worry about, you know, who's looking at your journal or what they're going to think of it. It's a place where you can really be free, whether it's, as you said, recording your gratitude or just uh, thinking about what you see as problems in your life and maybe exploring other perspectives. You know, first maybe just kind of repeating the problem, but then asking yourself some questions about, what's another perspective for how I might look at this? Or are there, you know, solutions that maybe I'm not seeing? Uh, and then, mm-hmm. then also you can just journal your dreams. You know, when you wake up in the morning, just record your dreams or whatever you're feeling, whatever emotions are at the surface, and see how it might relate to what's going on in your life. So there are lots of ways to journal, and it's a very creative activity because it doesn't keep you stuck in the grooves. It helps you move mm-hmm kind of to higher planes of thought, to higher uh, experiences of emotion, and to even more creativity. You know, I always find when I journal, um, often more creative stuff comes out of it, whether it's a book or a poem or a creative solution mm-hmm. to a problem. Yes, I totally agree. And you know, the funny thing is I talked about in my music earlier, I started journaling. I, I was doing, remember years ago, Artist Way was a popular book with Julia Cameron. And I started journaling because that was part of your more. she'd call it your morning paper. So morning I would always pages. do my morning pages. Yep. yep, my morning pages. And out of that morning pages, I started writing poems. And then the poems turned into songs. And then that, wow. I had all of these songs. And then that was my first album. And it came out of a place of me trying to find a way to deal with the stuff that happened in my life that I wish didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And journaling gave me, like you're saying, the freedom to just write about it. I didn't have to tell anybody what my thoughts were. I just wrote about it, you know, and and that was a way to process it. It was a way to process it. And like you're saying, Mm -hmm. ask myself other questions and find other perspectives. But it also feels, it just feels inherently good to stick with a routine that we set up for ourselves. And starting to do that was one small thing I did to help myself feel better through my grief. And it yeah. just exponentially compounded amongst itself throughout the years, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think with COVID, you know, people have had a lot of grief, right, and depression and, mm-hmm. and not really sure what to do with it all. And, and that was really how the Joy of Writing Journal was birthed, you know, in that situation Mm. of COVID and people feeling alone and lonely and isolated and stuck. And um, it just came to me like a download. (laughs) And then, of course, (laughs) I worked on it to polish it. But the the first 30 prompts, and a few of them changed, um, really, it was just this download. And, um, and, And I think a lot of times, even 
one of the challenges sometimes people have with morning pages, and I've seen this with clients before, is that they get stuck in the negative, right? Julia Cameron, I think she says, mm. like, throw up on the page. And there, you know that can be a starting place, but if people get stuck in the negative, that's not helpful. So if you notice yeah. you're doing that, it's important to start to say, okay, what's another way I can look at this? Or, you know, shift something. And, and so mm-hmm. something that might be even easier is something like a prompts journal where you're not focusing on a particular problem, but instead you really allow the prompt to take you somewhere and just trust that your creativity and your true self is going to take you where you need to go. And sometimes that's just kind of automatically to a higher place, and sometimes it is processing something deeper, that's hard, it could be ancestral, it could be, you know, from your past, Mm. or it could be something in the present that's really bugging you that you maybe haven't even addressed. But, uh, But your true self will know where to go. And the prompt is like a way to get out of your way. It's a way to just mm. engage with what's there in the moment. And so that can be really helpful. I actually, in a lot of the prompts, have people list like five things that bring you joy or you know, seven places you love to write. And those, and, and then you pick one to use with the prompt. Mm-hmm. The prompt may just be to explore it, but it might be something else unexpected to do with that, what, what you just wrote in your list. And so that too is helpful because sometimes the first thing doesn't mm-hmm. really inspire you. And so to have a list to draw from can be a way to really find what feels juicy for you in that moment. I love that. I love your book. I'm, I'm looking at it. It's in my hand right now. I love it. And I've done a lot of the prompts. And um, what I love about it, of course, is it has the QR codes in it, like my book. Um, mm-hmm. And that is so powerful that I can just swipe my phone and watch a video. And, you know, whether it's, I'm looking at one right now, The Wisdom of Play of Animals, or it does. It, when, when it's a prompt like this, what I love about this is, like you said, it brings me out of my own head. It brings me out of my own problems. It allows me to focus on something else. Again, looking for the good somewhere else. It doesn't have to be in my own issues. It can be the fact that I just did this prompt today or this prompt made me imagine something that I wouldn't have thought of or, like you said, something creative could come out of it that I didn't even realize, like your book coming out of COVID. I mean, it's super powerful. Yeah, and you know, one thing that I've noticed is when I read about other people's creative process or I just read something that's very creative, it it really um, it it inspires my own creativity and it, it kind of gives me this boost. And so with the QR codes, I really wanted the videos and the audio meditations to be a boost for people so that they could like feel uplifted before they even started writing. And one of the videos has you singing an original <laughs> little song on it. It's one of my favorite videos, Carrie, because your music is so uplifting. Uh-huh. And I do feel like just listening to that one thing where you're having that little clip of a song, it, it just, it, it, you can't help but smile. You can't help but feel delighted. And I think that delight then can infuse the person's, uh, their creativity and also bring them some delight before they even start writing so that 
there's a seed for delight already there, and I think they will find their own delightfulness as they write. So I I wanted to kind of go beyond the typical journal and and infuse it with something. And and, and you especially, uh, certainly all the people who contributed and shared their favorite word or whatever it was that they shared, in, in the videos or, you know, some, some response to a prompt. But it, yours especially mm-hmm. just, I feel, is so delightful. Wow, thank you. I love that word, delightful. That's a really good word. Um, so we, we don't talk about things in life that are delightful as much as we probably should. And that's what I loved about it. The power of the prompt is, it's like, you know, for songwriting, we used to do, we used to do songwriters groups so we could give each other's prompts because it's hard mm-hmm. to come up with your own prompts sometimes. So yours are well-researched. You know, it really is. And so yours are well-researched. They're well-rounded. There's so many different aspects that you touch on and different people that you have coming in. And I do. I think I do totally agree that learning about other people's creative process is amazing. I mean, you could do a whole seminar on that because it's so <laughs> powerful. It's so uplifting to understand because, again, we are all creative, but we go about it in a different way, right? And this gives us a really beautiful place to start, you know? Well, actually, Carrie, I have a little surprise that I don't think you even know about because um, we've just come out with an expanded version of the Joy of Writing Journal, and it's got all the same wonderful award-winning material that we have in the original version, but I've added... um, these prompts-making exercises. So the reader, after working through 30 days of prompts, actually mm-hmm. starts to create their own prompts. So you, they Ooh. can do that. If, yeah, it's really, really fun. And I did it myself, worked through that, and, and I was surprised at, at how rich that journey was. And then I also had people test it before I published it. And they also mm-hmm. had great feedback, and, and they helped me a few places where it was like not clear or confusing. They helped me clarify. It's always good to have beta readers. And um, I think it, it makes the book even more like juicy and fun. So I'm, I'm really excited. That just went up on Amazon. And uh, so it shows both versions, but the expanded version has these extra exercises so the reader can make their own 30 individual prompts. I love that. What a great addition to the book because now you're stepping it up another level into them owning their own creativity. And as we read the book and we progress through your prompts, now we're writing prompts. I mean, that is powerful. I can't wait to get my hands on that. Where can I Lisa, can I go to your website and get the link to the book there? Yes, and you can also go to Amazon and just, if you say Lisa Tenner, The Joy of Writing Journal, it should come up. Uh, wonderful. And that's Lisa Tenner, T-E-N-E-R, for everybody listening. Um, and just go to Amazon.com, look up Lisa Tenner, The Joy of Writing Journal, and, oh, I can't wait to get my hands on that expanded Thank edition. You. Thank you. And it is so, also on my books page, so the website is LisaTenner.com. Wonderful. Well, thank you. We're going to come back. Stay tuned, you guys. We're just going to break for a brief second here, and we'll be back with some more exciting information from Lisa Tenner, our amazing guest today. Have you ever longed to physically communicate with animals? Is there a way to understand what dogs, cats, horses, and even wild animals are thinking and feeling? Now you can explore the universal language of all species and other animal communication skills. Mention discount code DREAM for 20% off when you register for Soul Level Animal Communication with Danielle McKinnon at Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York, August 26th to the 28th. Learn more at eomega.org. 
Are you searching for a way to help create global change? Dream Vision 7 Radio Network's vision is to have an eclectic group of radio hosts dedicated to educating, enlightening, and helping humankind with positive messages and tools that enhance lives using different modalities and programs. If you would like to join our team and help illuminate the universe, call Deborah at 508-226-1723 or Deborah at DreamVision7Radio.com. The Dr. Nina Show is now on the Dream Vision 7 Radio Network every Tuesday, 11 a.m. and 11 p.m. Eastern Time. From the healing heart of Dr. Nina Sabelle Rockland comes a message of hope for people struggling with binge eating. She helps listeners break free from emotional eating by identifying the hidden triggers to binging and provides a path for healing without dieting or focusing on food. As she puts it, it's not what you're eating that's the real problem. It's what's eating at you. Be sure to tune in for diet-free strategies on how to outsmart emotional eating so you can stop thinking about food and start living your best and most happy life. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network, uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life Hello. Hello. Welcome back to Look for the Good with your host, Carrie Rowan. And we are here talking with Lisa Tenner, who's telling us some amazing things about creativity and her new book, The Joy of Writing Journal, Spark Your Creativity in Eight Minutes a Day. Hi, Lisa. Welcome back. Thank you. Great to be back. I was wondering if you could maybe share a story uh, about how gratitude has affected your life or somebody close to you. Yes. In fact, you know, we were saying that we were going to be talking about gratitude today, and I had thought of a few stories, but then when you were speaking earlier in the segment about gratitude, it made me think of of where that ability to be grateful and look for the positive came from, and I realized it was from my mom. She had polio when she was 11, and um, I I can even remember reading – an excerpt it wasn't really her journal but she'd written in a book a a story about um how she after after the polio how she had been trying to climb these stairs and what how difficult it was just to climb one stair and these doctors were busy and they just you know went right up the stairs next to her and she kind of wondered like who was more fortunate them and you know being able to just climb up those stairs or her in knowing how what what a blessing it is to be able to climb a stair and uh, that story stuck with me but also she always what whenever anything bad happened she'd always look for the good like what is the good in this and uh, I can't say I always do that but it, it is something I do often that, because she just taught me that. And I think it's, it's a real great skill to have and one to remember. Uh, and, and so, you know, as challenges have come up in life, it served me well. And, you know, one example is just when uh, my first book came out, I co-authored it with, with Jane Middleton Moss and Pico Todd. It was called The Ultimate Guide to Transforming Anger. And when that first came out, uh, the publisher had done some unusual things in terms of the size. It was like a horizontal book, and it had a cartoon on the front, a really great cartoon 
done by my co-author Pico Todd, but it wasn't, you know, it, it made it a little unclear to readers, first of all, like, was this a book for kids or young adults? And then also, uh, the dimensions made it not really acceptable to bookstores because it, it was going to take up too much room and stick out. So mm-hmm. the um, we were, you know, suddenly we were we they weren't doing anything to publicize the book. We didn't really realize why yet, and so we were we hired a publicist. We started getting publicity, but then when I called bookstores to say, hey, we're getting all this publicity in Chicago, they'd say, oh well, I've got a do not replenish here, so I can order one, but we can't replenish it when it sells. Oh, no. And, you know, that can look like a real, like, you know how much work it takes to write and mm-hmm. publish a book. It was devastating at first, like, whoa, wow. you know, I just put so much of my life into this. And, um, mm-hmm. and so then we, the three of us powwowed, and Jane went back to the publisher and said, you know, would really like you to republish this in New Dimensions. And, uh, and what had been a negative really became a positive. It was Health Communications, and they did a great job. We had a new cover, new title, normal dimensions for a self-help book. And um, because we'd gotten some great press, we were able to put that on the cover. So now the Chicago Tribune, uh, you know, a quote from a blurb from that, review was able to go on the cover and there there were some really great things that came out of it and we also had the benefit of some time um, and uh, our pub- our publicist was really nice they paused the campaign and then they started it back up when the new book came out so what started out as a real negative ended up as a great gift really and I think the book did better it sold last I knew 17,000 copies is probably a, a bit more than that now um, Wow. But that was that was really a, you know something that looked devastating at the time. But I think it would have been easy to say to ourselves uh, what the publisher said, right? Ah, we screwed up. Wrong dimensions. That's that. They weren't going to republish mm-hmm. the book. So we mm-hmm. could have just said, "Wow, poor us." But instead, we did. Maybe we had the support of each other, which helped. And Jane had a good relationship with our publisher. She'd published over a dozen books, I think, with them at that time. So so we were able to change that situation. And I think it's a good example of like that problem solving and looking for what, you know, what else could we tell ourselves? What else can we do? We didn't feel grateful at the time. I mean, we did feel Mm -hmm. grateful that they were going to republish, but we didn't know that it was going to turn into such a positive and end up being even better than it would have been had we just published it uh, and stuck, you know, stuck with it. As, as and that's amazing. That was not going to yeah. go into bookstores. So, right. I mean, um, that's so powerful. It's 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 yeah. that whole thing where the, our problems are our gifts. It, you know, a lot of people think my life would be so much better if I didn't have any problems. But well, you'd be dead if you had no problems because life is about having problems, right? <laughs> yeah, life so. is about challenges. It's like a, a big laboratory. And you know, another time. Um, that sort of feeds into this idea of the journal is, and this this was also actually related to that book. That book came out of journaling and struggling with a problem. I had been uh, experiencing a lot of fatigue and some pain and uh, was running a nonprofit, a really burnout job. And, you know, I was really lost at the time, and I did feel very disempowered, kind of like a victim. Mm -hmm. And my journal was a place to explore it and also to finally uh, 
find a new perspective and tell myself a new story, just like you teach people to do mm-hmm. in your book and in your coaching. And the new story was, uh, you know, what, what does this have to tell me and what can I do to change this situation? Because I would basically, I'd drag myself into work. I'd work a few hours. I'd nap for somewhere between an hour and two hours uh, at lunch. Wow. Luckily, there was like a staff lounge where you could, you could lie down. <laughs> And then I'd come back to work, drag myself around, go home, and I'd sleep the rest of the night and all the weekend. I had no life for a while outside of that. Wow. And I was eventually diagnosed with chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, you know, and a lot of people said to me, well, there's no cure. You know, the doctor said, well, we sometimes find low, very low dosage of antidepressants will get rid of the symptoms. When I talked to people who did that, they said, yeah, I did that. It helps a little, but you you know, but all also, if you go off of it, you're right back where you started. So I thought, okay, this is a Band-Aid. It's not a cure. I mm-hmm. want a cure, and I am going to find it. And I did a lot of alternative healing, and uh, study, and polarity therapy especially helped me a lot. It's an energy therapy, but it also works mm-hmm. with nutrition and, and kind of it brings in sort of a gestalt therapy kind of thing of kind of the... Mm-hmm beliefs you have right in your mind and um it was amazing so i was so fascinated by it i decided to study it even though i knew i wasn't going to become a polarity therapist i studied it for a few years and and even got certified uh in the lower level of it yeah it was Mm -hmm. it was so fascinating and then one day i'm lying in bed and just feeling like i can't sleep there's like this angry energy coursing through me and it feels like uncomfortable and frustrating and icky. And I thought, you know, in polarity, we say that that's fire energy. And what if I just, instead of like feeling icky about it, what if I just imagine as this powerful energy moving through me? And I did that and, uh, it, and, I felt great. I, it like totally changed it. Mm. Like, it really was tell a new story, and it it changed Ooh, I it. I love it. But but then I couldn't fall asleep because there was this powerful energy coursing through me. So I thought, this <laughs> you're ready to like book. write a book. <laughs> <laughs> this could be a book. So I started writing about it and and thinking about you know exercises that could help mm-hmm. you um, you know kind of dialogue with anger or um, experience it in new ways, bring your creativity, your sense of humor, and your inner wisdom to the anger. And um, that, was, that, that was, the exercises became aerobics, and uh, it, it, was, wow. it was just such a fun journey that started with a problem, a big problem actually, and turned into something really playful that I think helped a lot of people. And it it started my career as a book coach and as an author. Wow. That is amazing, Lisa. I love that story with that one little shift in, hey, you know, this is an anger. Let's call this something else. Let's look at this, change our perspective on what this is, tell a new story about this feeling. And look what was birthed from that. That is so powerful. Yeah, and I, I think, yeah, thank you. And, and I think, too, you know, we, we often think, uh, well, how can I be grateful in this situation? It's so bad. And, you know, you don't have to reach for grateful right away. Like, you can tell a new right. story, like you said, and mm-hmm. uh, just be curious, you know, or just ask, is there another way to see this? Or just, like, what step can I take that might 
start me in a new direction. You know, it's okay if you can't mm-hmm. bring up gratitude, but I do think your practices of daily gratitude gives you a muscle that makes it easier to reach for gratitude. And then when gratitude's mm-hmm. not there, you know, journal, um, go in nature, uh, you know, there's mm-hmm. things you can do to maybe even not reach gratitude right away, but find a shift that will eventually be something that you can't help Absolutely. but be grateful for because it changes Absolutely. your life. It's so true. And like the first thing I said when I was going through the five quick ways, ask better questions. That's what you're doing. You're asking better mm-hmm. questions. You're using a, I wonder what, which is a great way to spark curiosity and ask a different question. You know, what, what, what else could be true here? You know, all these things that we, we ask as opposed to getting tied up in those questions that don't serve us, and, like, I love what you said about, you know, sometimes there's a little bit of a delayed reaction with gratitude. Like that cancer patient I mentioned, you know, a lot of people will say that after they've been through. They're not saying it when they're in the middle of it. Right. But after, <laughs> right, when they, after when they go through it all and they look back and they go, wow, I, I can be grateful because that changed my life in so many positive ways. And it's really yeah. being able to take that moment, right, to reflect on it. And let's face it, you can't force it, you know. You can't. And I think that's one thing that's also important to think about, like as you mentioned, the cancer patient, is don't judge somebody else because they're in a low space. You know, I, I think it's really easy to say, oh, my gosh, like listen to his self-talk. Listen to him. He's just creating mm-hmm. more of it. You know, that's where he is. And maybe there's some takeaway for me there, like, oh, am I doing this in any mm-hmm. place in my life? Because if I'm feeling triggered by what he's saying – to himself, maybe, maybe there's something there for me, uh, but, but don't try to change somebody because they're where they're at. I love them where they're at. It's a little thing I picked up. Just you love them where you got to be able to love people where they're at. Yeah, because you know people come to me when they're in a different place. People come to me and you too when they're ready to make a change, when they're ready to do something different. And if they're not, you just bless them and you love them where they're at. I think that's a really a great thing to bring up. And turn around and look at yourself. What is it in me that wants to change this person so much? <laughs> what am I not comfortable with? You know, is it my, a lot of times it's our reaction to something not being perfect that we need to deal with internally. I love that, just kind of putting a mirror up and reflecting it back to yourself. Yeah. I think that I would, uh, this, I wrote this down because it just, as you kept talking to me, it's the creativity cure. I'm going to call it the creativity cure because when we can tap into that creativity using a powerful tool like your book, The Joy of Writing Journal, and now your new and expanded edition of this book, it can really change somebody's life because you, it's a small thing for eight minutes a day. Like I said before, it's those tiny little micro habits, if you will, that add up to big transformation. It's doing those small little routines and promising, making a promise to yourself, you know, to stick to it because it's the one thing we do have control over. As you mentioned, there's so many things that have been, been beyond our control, like COVID and, you know, everything that happens in this world, the cancer patient, whatever it is, and like your mom with the polio, and being able to really find something to feel good about every single day so that that's what adds up, you know, and retrain our brains to look for the good. Mm-hmm. So that was really fabulous. I'm so, thank you so much for coming on the show. We could talk for a whole other hour, I'm sure. <laughs> uh-huh. you, have so, you have so much good information to share. I love chatting with you. It was so nice to have you on. And thank you, everybody, for tuning in 
you want to go find this um, or the prior uh, last week's edition of the show, just go to dreamvision7radio.com and you can look up any of the shows that are on there and click on the show tab and look up, look for the good. And thank you so much for joining in. I hope you join us again next month. We'll have another exciting guest on. And it's my pleasure to be here with you today. And thank you again, Lisa Tenner, for your time today. And be well, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. This is Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Uniting mankind with universal love. Our shows are created from the heart, bringing each listener to a place of divine enlightenment. Breathe, relax, and enjoy. Let life flow.